I'm shifting gears this morning. Uh, I'm going to do a four-part series um, that I want to talk about this thing on the back wall back there. Jerub Bale. Come on, say Jerub Bale. Everybody say it. Say Jerub Bale. Everybody in here knows that guy. Um, you know him as Gideon, um, but I don't want to call him Gideon because um, you take it too lightly when you hear the name Gideon. I want you to know him by the name that was ascribed to him once he obeyed God. You guys get what I'm saying? Yeah, when he obeyed God, they call him Jerob Baal. That meant let Baal contend for himself. Um, that's been tripping me out because uh, you're going to see this next week, and I'll try to hint at it throughout the series as we kind of talk about this. This joker was so bad that he obeyed God, and his daddy said, hey, if he is that bold to obey God, let Baal fight his own battle. Don't defend him, right? And the reason I wanted to entitle the series Gerald Baal is my prayer as we kind of talk about going to a season of more than enough is that we develop such a level of confidence in God that you stand up in front of the enemy, you say, come get some of this. Y'all not hearing me. Yeah. We got to stop this. Pray for me. The devil is on my back. If you that bad, come get some of this. <laughs> Let me show you what I'm really made of. Are you with me? And I believe the church of God, we don't know what we're made of, and we're too afraid of the bales of this world. Are you with me? Um, and God is calling us to make a difference. God is calling us to do something completely different. So I want to begin a process by looking at this very, very familiar passage of uh, story of Scripture in front of us. And just kind of walk through it and talk through it today. There's five things I want to share with you as it relates to how to be able to, to deal with the enemy and position ourselves to moving to more than enough so we can be all that God would have us to be. Now, um, yesterday was life-changing for me. Let me tell you why it was life-changing with me. I have a community group that I'm a part of. And accidentally in this community group, the conversation came up that um, in the Old Testament, God was not present in the lives of the believers. Okay, that's an important statement because what that meant is that these people in the Old Testament were charged not to sin, but they didn't have help. Think about it, right? Here's how it would happen in the Old Testament. If God wanted you to do something, he would come and his spirit would land on you and then he would empower you to do the thing and then when you got it done, he'd go away. Are you with me? And then you were led to have to live this thing all on your own. So when I got a revelation of that, it illumined my eyes to the truth that, man, no wonder they were able to sin so easily without conviction. Come on, y'all. 
I'm about to change my doctoral thesis. I think I'm on to something here. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, that, that you wonder why it was so easy for them. And, and here's how God would say. He would say, when you go into the land of Canaan, tear down all the Asherah poles and tear down all the bales and kill everything and don't leave nothing standing because I don't want you to give in to the gods of the land. And here's what would happen. Inevitably, they would go into the land and they would disobey God and they would end up intermarrying and falling and giving prey or giving into the gods of the land and there was nothing to convict them. So God would have to raise up a prophet. Right? And he would empower the prophet and for lack of a better term, the prophet would serve the role of the Holy Spirit because the prophet would say to them, what you're doing is sin, and the prophet would convict them. And as long as they heard the prophet, they adjusted. But when the prophet got silenced, they went back to sin. And, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all, y'all talk. Y'all need to join my men's group. We have it flat going on. We just be... <laughs> but, but, but you guys get what I'm saying? This is heavy stuff. And, 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 and when I, if I were to jump ahead to the New Testament, in the New Testament, we have an advantage. Come on, y'all. Because we have the Holy Spirit that resides within us that the moment we think about it, He speaks and says, don't do it. So we have capacity not to give in. Bring it on, Jerob. I mean, Baal. You want to find out what's on the inside? Come. You get what I'm saying? This is important stuff. This is important stuff. So when you look at the book of Judges, the book of Judges then is all about these Israelites living during an era where there was no king, there was no rulers, there were no leaders in the land, and the people were challenged to go up and inherit a land and take a place, and inevitably they would go into this place and they would fall prey and give in to the pagan deities of the land, and God would have to raise up a judge to go in and correct them because the moment the people started disobeying God, he would subject them to the, the hand of the Amorites in our text today, the Midianites, or whoever the inhabitants of the land was, and these people would oppress the people of God, and when the people of God got to where they couldn't handle it no more, guess what they'd do? They'd cry out to God and say, Lord, help! And God would go empower somebody. And then he would tell them, go and deliver them. Because they didn't have in them what they needed to be delivered. <sighs> Come on, is this making sense, guys? Are you guys tracking with me? This is the beauty of, of us living in the New Testament today if we could understand who we are. Come on. You don't need a prophet to come tell you, thus saith the Lord. God's in you telling, I wish I had somebody in here. Already the prophet just affirms, just affirms, just affirms. So here's what I want to share to you. And I, I, I neglected to put my big idea on a slide. So let me just put it to you this way. God will empower you. God will show up and empower you to deal with every oppressive situation in your life so we can be free to serve him. Okay? Listen, repeat that to me. Say, self, God will show up and empower me to deal with the oppressive situation in my life so I can be free to serve him. Very, very important, very, very important thing I want us to look at. So go with me to the book of Judges. And I'm going to read 
and uh, share five principles with you. I'm not going to be long. I just want to share what this text is saying, and then we're going to walk through it to allow God to have his way in our midst. Now, let me read, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. Matter of fact, we're going to read all the way to 24, but I'll do it a section at a time because I want to make some points to bring them out to you so we can hear what God is saying. Now, before I even read, repeat after me. Say, God is with you. Do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor. Come on, look at him. Look at him dead nice. Say, neighbor. God is with you. Look at the other neighbor. Say, other neighbor. God is with you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm saying, that import, I'm saying that intentionally because I don't want you to walk out of here saying, God is with my family. He's with you. Are you with me? I don't want you to say, God is with my mom or my daddy or with my church. I want them to say, God is with you. God is with me. Come on, say self. God is with me. Very, very important. Once again, say self. God is with me. Okay, good. Now, let's look at chapter 6, and let me read, and I'm going to narrate, and I'm going to talk, and then I'm going to walk through um, what I want to share with you, the five things for us to get to where God would have us to go. Look at verse 1. Verse 1, and if you read Judges chapters 1 all the way through 5, just to kind of give yourself some literary context, and I'm going to challenge you to read it along with me when you go home and kind of study it since we're here for a little bit. Um, Look at how verse 1 opens up. It opens up by saying, the people of Israel did what was evil where? Isn't that amazing? I find that, I find that just simply amazing. Let me tell you how bold that statement is. This statement is so bold is that it's saying these jokers had the nerve to come to church and not act right in church. Y'all not hearing me. Yeah, I mean, so to worship the Baals and the crazy stuff that they were doing, not that they were doing it behind the back of God, but in his very presence, in the eyes of the Lord. So if I could use the term in broad daylight, God could look and see the malicious deeds that they were doing. So it says, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. I'm in the ESV, and notice what it says, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Okay, Um, And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains, in the caves, and the strongholds. And verse 3 says, whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would go up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey for they would come up with their livestock and their tents and they would come like locusts in numbers. Both they and their camels could not contend so that they laid waste uh, they laid waste the land as they came in and Israel, Israel was brought low because of what? Midian and the people of Israel cried out to who? Yeah, let me. This was a very oppressive situation. Let me, let me connect it really, really quick and I'm going to move on. They were so broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That before they got paid, the check was already spent. Somebody in here can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all not hearing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and maybe by the end of the series, you're going to see how the Midianites had you oppressed that's causing you to go to pay their loan to try to get money to get out. But before you can even get the loan, Midianites shows up again. I wish I... Come on, before you can get paid, they show up and all the resources are gone and you just can't seem to get ahead in life. 
They take your house. They take your car. They take your children. They take, come on, y'all. The moment you get something, something happens where a Midianite shows up. Try to get your business going. You can't get it off the ground because the Midianites show up. <laughs> Look at verse 7. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, just like we do, we pray and fast, Lord help. Verse 8, the Lord sent a prophet. See, because the Holy Spirit wasn't there to speak to them. So he sent a prophet to the people of Israel and he said to them, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel. Here's what I did. I led you up from the land of Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. We just finished that whole series. I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians um, and from the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them up before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Wow. 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 So the reason these Israelites are in the calamity that they're in is because God laid out some directives. He laid out some instructions. He laid out some mandate. If you are called by my name, for my people, there's an expectation that you conduct yourself a certain way and obey my commands. When you don't, I'm going to punish you by subjecting you to the Midianites, to the inhabitants of the land, because when you went in, I told you to get rid of all of them, and you did not, so now I'm going to use them as the vehicle to bring order to your life. Okay, so now... Let's get to chapter verse 11. And before I read verse 11, I want to do this interesting. Put the, in, uh, different, put the first point on the screen. I want you all to get this in your spirit before we even read. God is with you. Come on, say, God is with me. Now, listen to the point. You must see yourself as being distinct from the group of people amongst whom you live so you can know that God is with you. I want to teach this this way. I'm going to say it again, and I asked them to leave that on the back wall so by the time you walk out of here, you'd have my five points memorized. First one, you must see yourself as being distinct from the group of people amongst whom you live so you can know, so we can know, so I can know that God is with me. Let me illustrate. Because the world is sinning does not mean that I need to sin with the world. Are you with me? Because everybody's doing it, because popular culture is behaving a certain way and conducting themselves a certain way, it doesn't mean that I need to give in to popular culture and adjust and behave like them as well. Are you with me? Raise your hand and say, self, I'm different. And the reason you're different is because God is with you. Are you with me? Come on, say, uh, come on, y'all. I need somebody to say amen here. I want y'all to know this morning. If you don't hear nothing today, you're going to walk out with the first part of this series knowing that God is with you, okay? So look at it again. So you see yourself as being distinct from the group of people within which, which you live so you can know that God has lived with you. So look at what verse 11 says. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabith at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites. Uh, and I don't want to go into that because there's a lot there to talk, but verse 12 is where I want to land. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Valor. Look at verse 13. And Gideon said to him, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, 
Why then has all this happened to us? Let me stop there. Okay, verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. Are you guys seeing this with me? Come on, say amen if you're there. And the Lord and appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Verse 13. Gideon said to him, Please. Yeah. He, he, that was a long please. And then he had sir to kind of make it look nice. If, if, if God, the Lord is with me, why then is all this happening to us? Okay? Here, here, here's the importance of seeing yourself distinct. Okay? The Israelites were living in disobedience. They were going through all this stuff. And they were literally, God was literally allowing them to be oppressed. Now, what's striking to me in the text is don't miss my introduction when I said to you, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God did not reside within people. Are you with me? So if I'm in the Old Testament and somebody shows up and says to me, the Lord is with you. I wish I had somebody in here. They're trying to say something to me that distinguishes me from the group of people amongst whom I live because theologically, I know God is not resided within the presence of everybody that's, that's living amongst me. So, so notice grammatically, he's speaking to Gideon, second person singular. Here's Gideon's response, response first person plural. Let me explain. Hey, Derek, do me a favor. Come, come stand real quick. Right I got this real quick because some of y'all failed grade school. Um, that was a bad joke. Hey, you. Right? Watch this. Hey, you. In Texas, hey, y'all. <laughs> you either created your own grammatical term to kind of to, to fix the English, Okay. But the proper second person plural, hey, you. The angel did not show up to the Israelites and say, hey, you. He showed up to Gideon. Are you with me? Second person plural and said, hey, you. The Lord is where? With you. I can pick on Gideon. Here's dumb Gideon. If God is with uses. Why is all this stuff happening to us's? Angel says, I'm not talking to us. Yeah, y'all gonna get it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking to us's. I'm talking to, yeah. And, and I want you to understand this morning, I'm not talking to us's. I'm talking to, yeah, because I want you to know, first person uh, singular, that, I mean, second person singular, that God is with you, you got to get this first of all. Are you with me? Because if you don't understand individually that God is with you, you're going to look at somebody else's predicament and situation and try to connect it to yourself. Uh, ah, you got to get this this morning. God is trying to get your attention to deal with you because he wants to use you to deal with the Midianites. He doesn't want uses. He wants you. Are you hearing me this morning? This is about me. This is about you. Hey, hey, God 
is with you. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. So, 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 you must see yourself as being distinct from the group of people amongst whom you live so you can know God is with you. You get what I'm saying? Because you're in the hood doesn't mean you have to be in the hood. Because you're in poverty doesn't mean you have to stay in poverty. Because you have a difficult situation going on in your life right now doesn't mean you have to stay right there and look at your circumstance. God is trying to raise up a Gideon in you. Are you hearing me this morning? To deal with the circumstance or situation to get you to where God would have you to be. Second thing, go to the second one. I like this. Now, because God is with you, he sees you in your created destiny, not based on your current circumstance. <laughs> it takes the eyes of God. Now, let me talk about myself. You know how it is when you sin? Man, you feel like dirt. You feel low down. God could never use me because of the mess that I'm in. Okay? Now, the text, I want you all to pay close attention to the text. Okay? And, and I'm going to add to this by saying Gideon was probably no different than the rest of the Israelites in his worship of God. Because nowhere in the text do we say it's saying that Gideon served and worshiped the Lord his God. The verse opened up by saying, look with me at verse 1 of chapter 6. The people all used did evil in the sight of the Lord. And then in the midst of all the evil people, I'm going to pick out the most evil somebody up in here. He comes and he grabs one. <laughs> now I'm messing with you, girl. You know, and he says, hey, you, I want to use you to deliver all yous. Where are you going? I ain't done yet. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, if you don't see the grace of God in that, oh, Jesus. Undeserving, wretch, that Romans 5 and 8, while I was yet sitting, Christ died for me, that he sees me in my created destiny, not based on the thing that I find myself in at the time. So he goes to Gideon in the midst of all his craziness while he's threshing wheat in a wine press, while he's hiding from the Midianites, while he's probably an altar boy in the temple of Baal. Y'all gonna see this next week. While he's probably the most defiant he can be and God looks at him and says, hey, mighty man of, ah, of valor. Ah. The reason your child is still struck or stuck on drugs is because you keep calling him drug addict. The reason your child can't get off of pornography is because you keep calling them what the circumstance says they are. I wish I had somebody in here. The reason your marriage can't get right is because you keep calling your husband stupid. And you keep, uh, you need to see people based on their created destiny, not what the circumstance says. 
you, mighty man of valor. If I'm getting and I know my master, I'm like, you must not be talking to me, so us. All day long, because I know my master. Are you with me? Come on, y'all. Don't act like you've been righteous all your little life. I know you sinned just as much as I did. I know we all blew it from time to time. But because of the grace of God, he came in the midst of the club, in the midst of the drug, in the midst of the lion, in the midst of the fornication, in the midst of the adultery. And he said, hey, you. Preacher. Saint. Doctor. Lawyer. Y'all not hearing me. I thank God that he, that he didn't create me to look like my circumstance. He used the circumstance to call me out of it so I can go back in and be all that he wants me to be. Hey, you! Ah. I want y'all to hear me this morning. You're not who you look like right now. Because God is with you. Come on, somebody ought to say right now, God is with me. Come on, say it again. Somebody ought to say, God is with me. Say it again. Say it again. Say, God is with me. Come on, one more time. Say, God is with me. Ah, Jesus, I want y'all to see this. Because God is with you, he sees you in your created destiny, not based on your circumstance. The reason he can go to Calvary and die for me because he knew what I was doing at the time was not what he created me to be. Y'all can identify with this. Here's what you say to your child when you're whooping that behind. Well, you time out. You don't beat nobody. Time out. Yeah. <laughs> your mommy and your daddy didn't raise you to be like that. We created you to be something different. Why you want to hang out with them Bucky and the fools and you spank them because they're not living in their created destiny. How much more do you think God does that for you and for me? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, hey you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he says here, he says in verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. What am I, two, three, go to number three real quick. Look at number three. This is, this is good, okay. Now the reason we can't see God being with us is our knowledge of God, yada, is based on our ancestors' experience with God, not our own. I like that. Let's read, let's read. Look with me at verse 13. And Gideon said to him, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the wonders deed that our ancestors or fathers mentioned or recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. Hey, angel, I've heard mama say he's bread to the hungry. But I've been hungry for a long time and he hadn't become bread yet. <laughs> I heard grandma say he's water to the thirsty. And I hear my great-grandparents talk about when they didn't have anything, he just provided them. They called him Jehovah Jireh. Come on, are you with me? And, and, and the only knowledge or experience we have with God is what we heard our forefathers say, we have not experienced him ourselves. 
And because we haven't experienced him ourselves, we don't know that he is with us. Come on, are you with me? And you wonder why it's so grandma and our parents and forefathers would always say, child, son, daughter, you need to trust God. You need to believe God. But we, we hear what they say, but we do what we do. And the only reason is we have not as of yet experienced God for ourselves. The purpose of this message is to get you and to get me to have our own personal encounter with God so we can know God is with us. Are you with me? Come on, anybody in here want to know God for himself or herself? Anybody want to know God for themselves? Come on, don't be shy this morning. Want to know God for yourself. Are you with me? So, so here, 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 here's Gideon. Okay, uh, we heard many, many, many years ago what he did for the forefathers, and those stories have brought us through. But here we are, and we don't see him, but here I am, the bills are due, and I don't know how I'm going to make the mortgage payment. I don't know how I'm going to survive. I don't know how I'm going to live to see tomorrow because God has not done anything for me yet. And we don't trust God because we have not as of yet experienced him. So God now is about to reveal himself to Gideon in a different way. Now watch the shift. Go to number four. Okay. God being with you is never based on what you have, but it's all about what, okay, are you with me? One more time. God being with you is what? Never based on what you have, but it's all about what? What? Look at verse 14. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Did I not send you? And he said, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you. And what's going to happen? You will strike the Midianites as one man. Back up, back up to um, verse 15. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You got to get this. You want me to do what? You want me to go fight the mighty Midianite army? Don't you understand? I'm not from the tribe of Benjamin. <laughs> I don't know how to sling slingshots. Don't you understand, I am not from the tribe of Ephraim or, or Judah or one of those fighting tribes. Come on, man. I'm from Manassas, dude. Man, we, we, we house people. <laughs> do what you want to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and matter of fact, I, I, am so, I am so disqualified, I don't even have an army at my disposal. How do you expect me to work with God when I don't have the resources? Matter of fact, I'm, I'm not even the oldest son, so I'm not even next in line to be in charge. I'm the youngest. Does anybody in here know it's not what you have? It's what God can do. 
Y'all going to connect the dots eventually. God, when he calls us, never calls us based on our talents, our gifts, or our ability. He always calls us based on his plan for the world. Anybody in here know that if you don't have it, God can make it? Come on, y'all with me. Anybody in here know that, that if you feel disqualified, that God can qualify you? Come on, talk to me this morning. Come on. I've seen folk that can't sing get up under the anointing of God. And once God took over, a song that was displeased into the ear became so filled with the presence and the spirit of God that you knew it wasn't the person. You knew it was all about God. If we can get to the place where we allow God to work through us and don't fool ourselves into thinking we need to have everything that God needs for God to do what God wants done, we would be amazed at what God will do. Repeat after me. Say, God does not need my stuff. He just wants you. Ah, ah. He just wants you. So God being with you is never based on what you have, but it's all about what he can do. Look at the last thing real quick, and I'm going to stop here. Go to number five. Okay, now. To check the authenticity of the presence of God in your life, check the status of your offering. I lost somebody now. That's why I got on the end. Have you returned yet? Where'd he get that from? How are we going to end up on money now? To check the authenticity of the presence of God in your life, check the status of your what? And then don't miss the phrase, don't miss the phrase, don't meet the phrase. Have you returned yet? I want you all to think about that before we read, okay? It's, it's in there. It's, it's in the text. So let's read so I can show it to you. Go to verse 17. Okay. Watch this. You guys are there? Don't y'all get quiet on me now. We're almost there. And he said to him, verse 17, if I have found favor in your eyes, then watch this, then show me a sign that it is you who speak to me. Stop. Look up at me real quick. This is Gideon talking. So now, he doesn't know this is the angel of the Lord. He doesn't know this is a, a, a theophany or um, God manifesting himself in some human form. So he says, okay, God is not with uses. God is with me. I get that. I get that. So if God is with me, listen to how he phrases it, I want you to show me a sign so that I could know that God is with me. Everybody okay with me? So we're going to put you through a test right quick. Because anybody can show up and say, I have a word from the Lord for you. I need to check this thing out. 
okay? So angel, a person, I don't want to say angel because this is not a winged thing. This is somebody that he was actually having a dialogue with. If God is with me, I'm going to put, I want you to show me a sign, so I'm going to put you to the test. Now watch the test, watch the test, watch the test. Verse 18, do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. That jacked me up. That jacked me up. Show me a sign. Okay, cool. You're expecting now the God representative to do something miraculous so that Gideon can say, yeah, that's you. But no, watch how this works. Show me a sign. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little game. You stay here. I'm going to go get something, and I'm going to bring it back to you. And the person of God said, cool, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to wait for you to come back. Now, here's what's striking in the text. If Gideon never came back, he would never have proof that he had just encountered an angel. Correct? Have you returned yet? If he had kept the angel waiting a long time, he would never know. A lot of our problems is we have not returned yet. And the angel of God is still positioned where we left him, waiting to bless you, but you haven't come back. You went to get the stuff, but you ain't came back. <laughs> and he's steadily waiting. So the issue isn't God, the issue is just you. You done went scuba diving somewhere <laughs> and forgot to come back. You guys are tracking with me? Watch the text. Watch the text. We're going we're gonna to end here. Verse 18, do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until I return. Verse 19, so Gideon went into his house, prepared a young goat. And unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour, the meat he put in a basket, the broth he put on a pot, and he brought them to him under the terabith uh, binth and presented them. Verse 20, the angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock. Doesn't that sound like an altar to you? And pour the broth over them, and he did so. Verse 21, then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand, touched the meat and the unleavened cakes, and fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes, and the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Look at 22. Then Gideon perceived, man, God is with me. That was God. 
And at last the Lord died. He says, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Verse 23. And the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Verse 24. And then Gillian started to worship in that he built an altar in the place where he encountered God. Our problem is we told him to wait and we have not returned yet. So, here's the test. Let me just give you the test and I'm going to leave you all alone because I want to see LeBron beat somebody. Um, yeah. <laughs> here, here, here's the test. Here's the y'all stay. Come back to church. Come back to church. <laughs> Wait here. Let me just paraphrase. I'm going to get my tithes and offering. And then he goes and he gets this calf. I mean, was it a goat? The goat, and he bakes this fantastic meal, and he comes, and then he presents it before the Lord. And the Lord said, put it on a rock, which is symbolic of an altar, and he offered it before the Lord. And he says, if that's you, you're going to bless me because of the sacrifice that I just gave. And the angel reached down, received the offering, and Gideon says, now we're there. Now I know you're talking to me. The reason a lot of us don't know God is with us is because literally he has not blessed us yet the way we anticipate that he should bless us. Can I be honest this morning? And I'm trying to say to you the reason he can't do that is because you haven't come back yet. Right? You go off. And then the other bales get your attention. And then you can't get back to him because once you finish with this bale, you got to go to this Asherah pole and you got to go to all this stuff. And by the time you get back, you can't even afford the calf. <laughs> because we've entered the land and the land consumes us. And when God gave us pointed instructions to demolish everything in the land so we could know that he's with us, we've kept some things. And those things now have become our God. And they compete with God for God, in our, for the presence of God in our life. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Y'all go to real quick. We're going to end here. Malachi chapter 3. You guys doing all right? Y'all done got somber. <laughs> Malachi 3, and go down to verse 6. Yeah. Yeah. Let me show you this. Say amen if you're there. Amen. Verse 6. For I, everybody did say it one more time, amen? I want everybody to see this. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Verse 7. From the days of your forefathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Watch the phrase. Return to me, and I will do what? Return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Then verse 8. Will a person rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, hold up, God, how have we robbed you? 
in your tithes and offerings or contributions. Look at verse 9. The Midianites have you. <laughs> Comcast. North Star Mortgage. Citibank. Yeah. Pacific Credit Union. Yeah. Public service. That's a good one. Yeah. They got you. And why? Because you are robbing me. And look at the next phrase. All yous. <laughs> the whole nation of you. So look at verse 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be what? Food in my house. And look at the next phrase. And do what? Put me to the test or test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you will have no room to receive more. So Gideon, test me. Okay, wait here. Okay, I'm going to wait. And he goes away. The beauty of Gideon is that he came back. You got to come back. <laughs> got to come back. Okay? Now, what I like about the text, what I like about the text, this will make you feel real good. This will make you real feel good. When, when Gideon initiated the test, he didn't put an amount on it. The fact is he came back. <laughs> That's the fact. Are you with me? Some of you are not coming back because you're saying, I don't have 10%, and I don't have 20, and I don't have 40. The taxes, just come back. Just, 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 just come back. Matter of fact, in one New Testament passage, one lady came back with a mite. <laughs> and when she brought her mite, here Jesus was waiting at the temple. And when she came back, he said, she has putting more than those who has a whole lot because she came back with the right attitude. Just come back. Just, just come back. Just come back. That's all. Just, he's waiting. Just come back. He's just sitting there waiting. Hey, you, I told you what I'm going to do, and I'm waiting. Just, just come back. Just come back. If you want to know if I'm with you, just come back. Just come back. Just come back. And a lot of us started the test. Hey, God, I'm going to do better. And we came back, bought a little something-something, and he blessed us. Well, God, I've been looking at this new Cadillac. <laughs> let, me go, let me go look at it. And we go look at it. And we never came back because we bumped into the God of Public Service Credit Union. <laughs> and because we had to worship that God, we left that one still waiting. <laughs> just come back. If it's a dime, if it's a penny, if it's whatever, just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. Are you hearing me? Just keep coming back. That's principle number one. I'm going to show you another one next week. If you want to know God is with you, come back. Are you with me? 
comeback, comeback. I think you all know what comeback is. I don't need to get any more detail than that. Return to me, and I will return to you. Begin somewhere. Are you with me? I'm going to tell you something about myself. Um, I like toys. I like um, expensive toys. Um, and, and for the record, um, <laughs> for the record, so nobody don't think that I'm using church's money to buy toys, I'm smart enough to use my gifts and skills and abilities outside. Let the record reflect. Okay? Are you with me? And so, but my rule of life is this. If a toy ever prevents me from coming back, that toy has to go. Are you with me? I want you all to hear me very, very clear. Because nothing is going to take the place of God in my life. Because I want to know always that God is with me. And I want to live in the blessings, in the anointing of God. And I can tell you truthfully, I have taught my kids, I mean Veronica, Eddie, Gerald, and I watch those young people enjoy life and just have a good time with life because they know what it means to put God first. Here's Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? Yeah, just, just come back, just come back, just come back. You can't deal with Jerob Baal if you haven't come back yet. <laughs> He'll contend for himself and he will win. You want to win. Are you with me? So here's how I want to close the service. Come on, worship team. I want everybody just to bow their heads with me. Today, the messenger of God, Hebrew term Malak Elohim, has showed up and he said to you, God is with you. Not use you. If my people, Chronicles says, will call by my name, shall humble themselves, seek my face, pray, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. The beginning of deliverance, the beginning of getting to Canaan, the beginning of walking in the blessings of God is us returning to God. And I want to challenge every person at the onset of this series Next week, there's going to be a completely different challenge. Um, hmm. Don't, don't you, come next week. Just come next week. Just come. But today, you can't get to obedience next week if you're still out there and have not returned. Have to return. Search your heart. And I know some of us have created some crazy bales that it has us in a bad place. I'm just saying begin somewhere with God. If you have not accepted him into your life as personal Lord and Savior, giving an offering or a tithe will not get you into heaven. It begins with a relationship with God. Come back there first and say, God, I need you in my life. Forgive me, cleanse me, save me, and let him do that. If you've done that, 
and your life is in disarray for whatever reason, I want you just to search your heart and say, God, let me begin somewhere. Now I understand why the Midianites are always on my back. And I have an advantage. The Spirit lives in me. So Holy Spirit, draw me back to you, God. Search your hearts. Search your hearts. <sighs> and let God move in this place. Just in your own way, go to God in prayer. Just go to God in prayer and say, Lord, move. Lord, touch. Lord, have your way, God.